Four people from North Carolina were ambushed and caught up in a cartel shootout, then held hostage for days. Apparently, the gunmen thought they were Haitian drug smugglers. Two of the four Americans were killed and two survived. The Gulf Cartel immediately put out a letter apologizing to the families and the surviving victims. The cartel also did an internal investigation and handed over five of their members to the local authorities. That's unprecedented. I mean, what can we say? It seems that this cartel has a good HR department. <laughs> <laughs> Hello Dubie friends, hi Neil, and for the new listeners, welcome to Dubious, where each week we talk about weird or unusual events and shady people, basically. <laughs> hey Sandra, hey everybody, yeah, that's what we do here. Um, today, we're taking a look at this story about four Americans who were kidnapped mistakenly by the Gulf Cartel. On its face, uh, this subject might not seem to qualify as dubious necessarily. I mean, cartel kidnappings happen, but there are so many unusual aspects to this chain of events. First off, there's a tummy tuck, and we'll get to that in a minute. Then there's the actual ambush, which was caught on camera. The theories floating around online is that this was a drug deal gone wrong. There's a lot of weird details we're going to go through about this in this episode. Yes, and then there's the level 4 do not travel warning by the State Department, the highest there is for Matamoros, right? The region where this happened. And that was part of what fueled the rumor mill about the four Americans and the scope of their trip to Mexico. I mean, in fairness to the State Department, we did another episode about a drug cartel guy who was literally convinced that he was a satanic priest and was sacrificing people, also mm -hmm. in Matamoros. We also have an apology letter from the cartel. Yes, I never heard of a criminal organization issuing an apology letter before. This is a first, at least for me, right? But there was also a third victim, uh, Miss Arelli, a 33-year-old woman who just happened to be passing by and she was killed too. Now, the cartel apologized to her family as if that will bring her or anyone else back to life. We'll discuss this apology letter in detail, uh, the real reason the cartel wrote it, because obviously it's not out of remorse. Oh, and there's also a fifth American that was supposed to be with the Tamitak 4 in Mexico on this medical trip. So this is a more complex story than one might deduce from the newspaper headlines. It's a lot. So here we go. It's a crazy ride. So let's get into it. We have these four Americans, four friends from North Carolina, one woman and three men. Latavia, Tay Washington McGee, Eric James Williams, Zindel Brown, and Shaid Woodard. Shaid was Latavia's cousin. On Thursday, March 2nd, they started their trip bound for Brownsville, Texas, where they were booked into a hotel. We mentioned before that the fifth person was with them. This was Cheryl Orange. She accompanied them to the border where she was denied entry into Mexico because she didn't have the right ID. So her four friends dropped her off at the hotel in Brownsville and then they turned back and drove into Mexico. And the reason for this trip? Latavia was getting a plastic surgery, a tummy tuck. She had an appointment to see a cosmetic surgeon in Matamoros where she was booked to undergo this medical procedure on Friday, March the 3rd but there are parts of the story that don't fit. Well, look, off the bat, there are indeed some things that are a bit 
crazy. We said earlier that the State Department had issued a travel advisory for Matamoros, in fact the highest level of advisory, the same they have for Syria and Afghanistan. It's a well-known fact that there is a very high danger of violence and kidnapping in that area of Mexico. I hate to speculate, but we have- What are you- you speculate constantly. That's all we do here is speculate. (laughs) (laughs) Fine, I do love to speculate, it's true. So about Matamoros, it's a very dangerous place. It's not a touristic area. I saw many articles um, talking about medical tourism in Mexico, and it's true, there is a big market for medical procedures. Sadly, because the US has a medical system and people can't afford to get treated here, so 1.2 million Americans go south of the border each year to get surgery or buy their medication. In fact, one of the rumors uh, about the four friends suggests that they went to buy medicine. The point is, there will be more and more people crossing the border for all kinds of medicine, like insulin or for abortion medications, especially since uh, the southern states in America are starting to transform into Gilead. My uh, prediction- wait, wait, wait. Isn't there a pharmaceutical company literally named Gilead? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. So Gilead is a... Uh... I know what Gilead oh. is in the story, but I'm pretty sure there's a pharmaceutical yeah, company also- Yeah, for handmade stale. Yes, I'm pretty sure there's a Gilead Pharmaceuticals. That would be a very unfortunate name uh, for any company. But actually fitting in this context. So. <laughs> yeah, my prediction is that in a few months, a proper black market for abortion medications will emerge, a much bigger one than what we have now. Obviously, there will be no quality control, so women will be forced to risk their health and lives to get rid of unwanted pregnancies. So there are many people going to Mexico for different medical treatments, different reasons, but generally not to Matamoros, an area which is in Tamaulipas. Yeah, and not just people. I mean, I get my dog's pills from Australia because they're half price. So, yeah. Anyways, the State Department website has a clear do not travel advisory for the state of Tamaulipas. Just for context, these advisories are different for different countries and different for different parts of Mexico. Some say exercise normal caution. These are for the kind of touristy areas. Then there's also exercise increased caution, reconsider travel, And the level four one, which is the big red, do not go there, do not travel. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know what I always say, right? You can ignore your trauma and hope it disappears, but the only way forward is to deal with it. Life keeps throwing curveballs at all of us. Fireballs, speedballs, too many balls. (laughs) And when you're overwhelmed, you're not at your best and it affects your interactions with the people you care about. So how do you deal with it all? Call your therapist like I do. Yes, dupe friends, I'm a BetterHelp happy customer. I've been using their services since way before we even started this podcast. I can attest to the fact that Sandra is, uh, shall we say, a much lovelier person to be around. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. Also, my therapist will love hearing that. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 25,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, it's affordable, it's flexible, and most importantly, it's entirely online. And you'll get 10% off of your first month if you sign up at betterhelp.com dubious, or just click that link in the episode notes. 
Yes, and then you can talk to your therapist whenever and however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. If your therapist isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. So do yourself a favor, take care of your mental health, because when you feel empowered, you are prepared to take on everything life throws at you. Visit BetterHelp.com dubious to get 10% off of your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash dubious. This is what the specific level for warning for Matamoros in Tamaulipas says. Do not travel due to crime and kidnapping, organized crime activity, including gun battles, murder, armed robbery, carjacking, kidnapping, forced disappearances, extortion, and sexual assault is common along the northern border and in Ciudad Victoria. Criminal groups target public and private passenger buses, as well as private automobiles traveling through Tamaulipas, often taken passengers and demanding ransom payments. Heavily armed members of criminal groups often patrol areas of the state and operate with impunity, particularly along the border region from Reynosa to Nuevo Laredo. In these areas, local law enforcement has limited capacity to respond to incidents of crime. U.S. citizens and LPRs, legal permanent residents, have been victims of kidnapping. Travel for U.S. government employees is limited. So not even the DEA, CIA, NSA, all those people, they don't go there either, except in rare circumstances. Exactly. And as a regular person, to go there for any reason, especially for plastic surgery, seems completely, I'll say it, it seems insane. So this is where my dubimeter alarms go off, because it doesn't make much sense to take such a massive risk for a tummy tuck, no matter how discounted the procedure is. And... Also consider the fact that if you're going to get a plastic surgery done at a low price in Mexico at some sort of, I don't know, side of the road clinic, you could end up with a botched procedure and potentially life-threatening complications. But I don't know, people make stupid decisions all the time, I suppose. Yes, complications that will cost more to fix in the U.S., by the way, if you survive the sepsis. Um, The point is that the trip to Matamoros, a very dangerous area, raised some red flags with us, but we shouldn't jump to conclusions like many web sleuths did, because people, like Neil said, they do stupid things all the time. Some people don't even know that the State Department has a website, travel.state.gov, where they issue travel advisories, and it is entirely possible that Latavia, Eric, Zindel, and Shahid had no idea what risks they are taking by going to Matamoros. And I have some questions too. I mean, these things seem a bit complicated and some pieces don't fit, but a lot of people online immediately accuse the four Americans of being on some sort of drug buying trip. Like, you know, they were wholesale traffickers or something, not uh, just buying a bit of pot. I think this is, let's be honest, because... Latavia, Eric, Zindel, and Shaid are black, and all those people accusing them are probably not. If they had been white, the narrative would have been completely different. At least the first reaction wouldn't have been, oh, well, they were surely there to buy drugs. 
people would have been more cautious about making assumptions and passing out verdicts on TikTok like idiots. So, exactly. Yeah. As you said, you know, some pieces of the story don't fit. There are some, you know, question marks, red flags, whatever you want to call it. So we can point out the inconsistencies or the parts that seem unusual. Yes, we can speculate even, which, you know, we love to do and we will. But we can't conclude unequivocally one way or another. That's the thing, right? Just speaking of unusual things, I mean, five adults go to Mexico for a dangerous trip, and one of them's going to get a surgery there, an elective surgery. So why do four other people need to tag along for a tummy tuck? That's kind of weird. Yes, I was thinking about that too, but... You know, maybe they thought it would be like a fun road trip. Uh, maybe there's another reason. Maybe they thought, oh, we're going to go there, get the tummy tuck. Uh, while she's getting the surgery, we're going to go, I don't know. We're going to go out, have some fun, you know, maybe buy some little weed, maybe buy some, you know, some medicine that we can resell it. But like, I don't think it was like this massive drug operation, you know, we don't know for sure. We'll go through all the scenarios in this episode. We'll look at what the authorities say too. And all the facts that have been confirmed. And at the end, we'll zoom in on what we think is the most likely course of events. Anyway, after dropping the fifth friend back at the hotel, the four friends crossed the border into the Mexican state of Tamaulipas on Friday, March 3rd, right? Uh, in a white minivan with North Carolina plates at about 9.18 in the morning. Matamoros is literally right at the border southwest of South Padre Island. So very soon after crossing the border into Mexico, the shooting and kidnapping happened. And as I said before, there's video footage of these four people being dragged and pretty roughly thrown into the back of a pickup truck. It was first posted on Twitter. Uh, somebody was filming from a window nearby. I mean, it's a pretty disturbing video. Yes, and this footage uh, was filmed immediately after the shooting, so we don't see the shooting. And the whole thing takes place in the middle of a busy road, uh, traffic stopped, and there are three bodies on the ground. You can see the cartel guys first dragging, I think that was Eric, and placing him near the truck, then putting uh, Latavia in the truck. I mean, she's fine. She walks herself to the truck being pushed by the guys, but you can see she's okay, right? And then the cartel guys drag the two dead bodies and they throw them in the truck. Like, I haven't seen anything like there are sacks of potatoes right near Latavia, who by this point seems numb. She's completely stunned and there's blood everywhere on that side of the street. And we're going to link the video in the episode notes. Um, don't watch if you don't have a, a stomach for this. It's disturbing. A young Mexican woman also, we only know her family name, Arely. She died from a straight bullet in the shootout as well. We can't see her on the tape, though. What's weird is that this happened on a relatively busy street in the city. I mean, with traffic everywhere, like even people on foot, pedestrian traffic. It seems unusual that the cartel started shooting at a random car among other cars. I mean, even if the car had U.S. plates, it's uh, almost like they were waiting for them, like they were tipped off that, hey, there's some people coming that you may be interested in. Or maybe they were looking for somebody else and they mistook the four Americans for them. This is why so many people immediately jumped and said uh, they were there for a drug deal, uh, maybe with some other faction and the cartel got pissed. But it could be as simple as the cartel really thinking they were Haitian drug dealers because that's what the Mexican authorities are saying. And because they were black, it 
fits, you know, like this theory makes sense. It's not like the cartels in Mexico check twice before shooting. The strategy there is like, shoot, ask questions later. <laughs> yeah. Kind of the same strategy in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of questions, ask our listeners, do you want to get all these episodes ad-free? Of course you do. So you can become a patron on dubiouspod.com and get all of these episodes completely ad-free. Yes, GB friends, if you want to support us and enable us to bring new content every week, please become a patron on dubiouspod.com or by clicking the link in the episode notes right here in the app you're listening to us in. It's cheaper than a fancy coffee and you get all our content always ad-free. But not drama-free. Never drama-free. No, we love the drama. (laughs) (laughs) So back to our story. When the security forces arrived at the scene, they saw the van had North Carolina license plates and immediately contacted U.S. officials. Obviously, the cartel people and the truck with the two surviving hostages and the two dead bodies had long fled the scene by then. On Saturday, March the 4th, investigators in Mexico continued to process the area for clues to the identity of both the victims and the assailants. They processed the vehicles to uh, get DNA samples, looked at ballistics, and uh, got more video footage from around the area. The doctor's clinic, where Latavia had the appointment, contacted one of her relatives after she failed to show up for the tummy tuck procedure. Also, police obtained text messages between Latavia and her sister. Latavia had messaged her sister saying, I'm in Mexico and I'm lost. The sister replied, are you using GPS? And then she sent Latavia a link with a map and the address to uh, the doctor, Roberto Chavez. Yeah, so Latavia did indeed have a tummy tuck appointment with an actual doctor at an actual clinic as per these messages. And in the same screenshots of text from March 3rd, the day the four friends crossed the border, you can see a text where Latavia tells her sister, because if you don't have the money, they won't operate. And her sister said, okay, I'm doing that. The implication is that Latavia asked her sister for more money than she had, to pay for the procedure. I mean, maybe she only had a certain amount and needed more. I mean, it seems kind of crazy that you would drive all the way to Mexico with your four friends, one of which who doesn't even have the ID to get into Mexico and had to stay in Brownsville. And then you wait until the day of the appointment to find out that you don't have the money for the medical procedure and you've got to hurry up and ask your sister back home to send you money. I mean... Yes, it is It is very off. And as we said before, we can only speculate. And look, it could be that the whole doctor's appointment really existed, but it was either more like a like a cover, like like a, like an alibi, like a cover story for why the group of four was going into such a dangerous part of Mexico. And maybe these texts, if you don't have the money, they won't operate. Maybe that actually means it's like code and it means if you don't have the money, you can't get the bricks. <laughs> it is possible that at the last moment, the people they were supposed to buy drugs from in Mexico, if we go along with that theory, Maybe they texted and asked for more money. Again, it's all speculation, but we are going through all the scenarios, right? I mean, all that crossed my mind, but the thing is, there's no way to know for sure one way or another. Another weird thing, the lady uh, without the ID, uh, Cheryl Orange, uh, the one that stayed behind in Brownsville at the hotel, 
said that when her four friends dropped her off at the hotel, they said they'd be back in 15 minutes. And Cheryl was the one who called the police the next morning on Saturday after her friends had stopped answering their phones and failed to show up for the hotel checkout. So that's another red flag. There's no tummy tuck that can go on for only 15 minutes. Right. Abdominoplasty usually lasts at least two and a half hours. Uh, I looked it up. So another red flag indeed. The thing is that doctor's office exists though, and they did contact one of Latavia's relatives when she didn't show up. Uh, you know, authorities checked this. And I also read that Latavia herself texted the doctor's office also saying that she was lost and asking for better directions. And that part matches exactly what she told her sister. So honestly, there are red flags, but also some essential facts that check out. I think people and the media focused on Latavia as being the main character in the story because the whole tummy tuck thing is uh, is a good headline. Assuming the group was there to buy drugs in large quantities, as these people are speculating, uh, knowing all the details that we're discussing so far, it seems more likely that one of the men in the group was behind the drug idea if it, in fact, existed, and the one who planned this trip. That would make more sense, and uh, could even explain why Latavia didn't have all the money if this was all a last-minute thing that uh, she agreed to go through with. Hmm. So you're saying that maybe a few days before the trip, Latavia was asked uh, if she'd want to join the group. And she thought, well, since I'm going with them to Mexico while they do their thing, I'll just go ahead and try to get the tummy tuck because it's cheaper there. Maybe. If the theory that they were going to get drugs is true, uh, which we don't know, um, it's possible that her friends were going to drop her off the doctor's office and then they go do whatever drug deal they were going to go do. And then they all got lost, and then the cartel found them. So whether it's a case of mistaken identity or not, the reason why some people think that uh, they were there for drugs is that all of them had drug charges and run-ins with uh, the police in the U.S. before. Yes, so in 2016, Latavia McGee was charged with five counts of unlawful neglect of a child after her children tested positive for drugs, according to a Lake City Police incident report. Initially, she was charged with four counts of neglect, but after a positive test result, um, another one of her children tested uh, you know, positive for drugs, and the report said that the children tested positive for amphetamines, methamphetamines, and cannabinoids. She was found guilty and sentenced to a five years suspended prison sentence and given three years of probation. So Latavia, who luckily survived the ordeal in Mexico, is not the mother of the year, to say the least. But it's important to mention here that these charges do not mean that she gave drugs to her kids like on purpose, intentionally. My gut feeling is that she was struggling with addiction and she had drugs around the house. The kids found the drugs, took some, thinking it's candy or something. Not that it's an excuse, but just to clarify. The three guys had rap sheets, too. Uh, Eric Williams, who also survived, uh, was jailed for 18 months in March of 2017 after being arrested uh, 12 months earlier for uh, distributing crack cocaine uh, within a certain radius of a school. As a teenager, he'd also been involved in a burglary. Zendel Brown, who was killed by the cartel in this incident, had a drug charge in 2015, 
But in fairness, it was a minor uh, transgression on his part. We're talking about possession of 28 grams or less of marijuana. So That's nothing. I mean, that's his only offense, and that's like an ounce. So less than 10 grams. Zendel was also the one person in the group who didn't really feel comfortable with the idea of going to Mexico. He told his family, we should not go there. But he eventually decided to go with his friends anyway. Yeah, so definitely Zindel was not El Chapo, let's be honest. And even the Eric Williams burglary we talked about, the one he did when he was a teenager, I looked into it. In that case, he took out the AC unit and entered the home and stole some clothing. So nothing violent, no murders or anything like that in any of their rap sheets. Yeah, yeah I mean, if you're a teenager selling clothes and not electronics or valuables, then uh you know, you're probably uh, cold and you came from an unhappy home. Exactly. If I were to guess, Shahid, who didn't survive either, is the one who, if the theory that they were going to Mexico for drugs is true, was the mastermind behind the plan. Because he's the only one who had previous drug charges that involved not only selling, but also manufacturing of controlled substances. I'm not going to lie. I do have my suspicions here, right? Like there are a lot of inconsistencies and things to make us question the situation. Uh, Anyway, on Sunday, March the 5th, the FBI San Antonio Division issued a statement asking for the public's help in finding the suspects responsible for the kidnapping. The FBI posted a $50,000 reward for the return of the missing Americans and Latavia's family at the same time started searching online for any trace of what happened to her, and they found the video that shows the kidnapping, and they recognized her clothing and blonde hair from the clip. On Monday, March the 6th, Mexican federal and local police continued to search for the missing group. By this point, the White House got involved. Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said that Biden had been informed of the situation and Attorney General Mary Garland was also briefed uh, about the kidnapping. Basically, the whole thing became an international incident. On Tuesday, March the 7th in the morning, the four Americans were found in a wooden shed in a remote wooded area east of Matamoros called Ejido Tecolote. Shahid was 33, Zindel, who was in his mid-20s, both of them were dead. Eric had been shot several times in the legs, but had no life-threatening injuries. Latavia was not seriously hurt. One suspect, a 24-year-old cartel member who had been guarding the victims, was arrested at that time. Right, so the Mexican authorities say they believe the kidnapping was a case of mistaken identity. Their working assumption is that the cartel group falsely believed the four were Haitian drug smugglers. The two surviving victims, Latavia and Eric, were brought back to Brownsville, Texas on Tuesday in ambulances and escorted by a convoy of heavily armed Mexican military personnel. And they were taken to the Valley Regional Medical Center. The bodies of Shahid Woodard and Zindel Brown have been also repatriated. So it's a sad story all around. And uh, when we tried to make sense of it, you know, red flags and all, at the end of the day, The Mexican authorities might be right. The Gulf cartel just thought that these four Americans were somebody else coming into their territory. That's the thing. It's not clear cut. It's a dubious story. You know, that's why we talk about it on this podcast. The one thing we can say with certainty is that no matter what their purpose in Mexico was, um, 
Latavia, Eric, Zindel, and Shahid did not deserve this. I mean, two young people murdered violently in the middle of the street. The other two kept in a shed with their friends' dead bodies for two days. I mean, this is a horror story. Personally, I think that the State Department, specifically the Foreign Service, did an amazing job in this case. I mean, look, the fact that the group was found in four days... That's only because of the pressure on Mexican authorities by our government, that means by our consular officers in Mexico, they handled this case brilliantly. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't have been found so fast otherwise. They might not have been found at all. You know, the fact that they were Americans has a lot to do with this. If there was no international pressure for the Mexican authorities to, you know, suit up and arm up and go in there looking for them, then... They probably just been more disappeared people who never turned up. And they probably would have killed Latavia and Eric, too, just to get rid of, you know, any loose ends. Yeah, I mean, mean, even if they made them, even if they realized they made a mistake and took innocent people, uh, better to not have them running around telling anybody about it. So they're not going to release them so they can bring the police to the door or anything. Yeah, right? So now let's talk about that apology letter from the cartel. It's handwritten, very bad handwriting, I might say. (laughs) (laughs) But the cartel moved fast because, you know, PR is important, image matters. Yes. (laughs) So look, the four victims were found on Tuesday, March 7, and less than 48 hours later, on Thursday, March 9, the Scorpion faction of the Gulf Cartel put out this letter and apologized to the residents of Matamoros, to the Mexican woman they killed in the shootout, and of course to the four Americans and their families. We'll link an article from the Atlanta Black Star in the episode notes. There's a photo of the letter there, as well as a photo of the five people they handed over to authorities. The ones who apparently acted without orders and caused this whole thing. But about this Scorpion faction of the Gulf Cartel, it sounds like the uh, Scorpion unit in the Memphis Police Department, doesn't it? I mean, yes. You know, yes. Do they have like secret tattoos? Maybe I don't like know. a sticker? They have yeah. like a sticker maybe on their car? You yeah, know? and you make a very good point. Just to remind our people, the Scorpion unit of the Memphis Police, they're the guys who beat Tyree Nichols to death. Go figure. So we commented in the Tyree Nichols episode about the name of the unit and how it sounds like a gang, not like a community policing unit. Now, back to the letter. What does the letter say exactly? So they say, quote, The Gulf Cartel apologizes to the Society of Matamoros, to the relatives of Miss Arelli, and the affected American people and their families. Miss Arelli is the poor 33-year-old passerby who was also killed in the shootout. The Gulf Cartel, Scorpion Group, strongly condemns the events of last Friday. For this reason, we decided to hand over those directly involved and responsible for these acts, who at all times acted under their own determination and indiscipline against the rules in which the Gulf Cartel always operates. It's like they're trying to avoid getting sued, like in a like in a civil trial or something. It's like, please direct all inquiries to our lawyer, uh, and we need peace in this difficult time. Yes, and these are the culprits. Uh, there, there you are. We're washing our hands of any, you know. Yes. I mean, look, 
the the letter it, it's not bad PR, but let's be clear, <laughs> this is all it is. PR. The cartel doesn't want the heat, they don't need the attention, and we know cartels will police themselves to avoid all that. And killing foreigners, especially Americans, and causing international incidents is not good for business. So oftentimes they'll clean up their own mess. But this letter won't change the fact that people are dead, and regardless of what went on, there are families who are suffering. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, there's another cartel story that happened several years ago. Maybe not everybody in the U.S. heard about it. Surely not people who are listening to us from around the world haven't heard this. So when American states began decriminalizing marijuana, I mean, that's a big hit to the cartel's business because there's no need to smuggle it if it's not illegal anymore in like Colorado and California. So the cartels got mad in the like early 2010s that their pot business had been taken away and they started seizing lime farms from just everyday farmers who had nothing to do with the drug trade. And what they turned into is like the cartels took over the lime trade and we did not have limes for our margaritas <laughs> for like six months because they cost too much. And it was all because a bunch of cartel guys were p about losing their pot trade and so like fine we will take away your margaritas and see how you like it so <laughs> it's just ridiculous there's another point of view regarding what really happened uh, alejandro hope a former mexican intelligence official told usa today that various factions of the gulf cartel are at war with each other in matamoros due to arrests and splintering into competing factions vying for control of the northbound plazas that are used to traffic drugs into the U.S. And in recent years, the warring factions have also made a lot of their money from extortion, you know, robberies and other sorts of violent crime, which all happens with impunity because of the ineffectiveness and the corruption of the local police in Mexico. So Alejandro said that the attack on the Americans may have started as a robbery before escalating into an international incident, prompting cartel leaders to offer the five men as scapegoats to take pressure off themselves. Honestly, this makes a lot of sense, regardless of uh, why the four friends were in Mexico. Maybe it was a Tommy Tuck appointment, maybe it was drugs, maybe it was both, or maybe they were there to buy medicine and resell it at a profit back in the U.S. at the end of the day. Uh, it seems plausible that the cartel guys saw the car with American plates, maybe tried to rob them. The situation got out of hand. It can also be a combination of the, you know, Haitian drug dealers theory and the robbery gone wrong theory, as in like the cartel people seeing the car, you know, they notice four black people, American plates, they assume they're Haitian and try to rob them. And everything got out of hand because say what you will, Latavia, Eric, Zindel and Shahid were not rich people, and if you're going to Mexico to buy suitcases full of cocaine bricks, you still need a lot of money. I don't think these four friends had that kind of money. They were there, indeed, for a tummy tuck. Those are the only verified facts that we can base our inferences on. So maybe to get something else, but mainly for the tummy tuck. Everything else, honestly, is rumor. Honestly, put yourself in these random cartel guys' shoes. Like, okay, there's five Americans in an American car, and word on the street is they're here to buy some shit, so they got cash. Let's go rob them. And 
even if there's some disagreement, maybe one says, nah, I don't know. They don't look like Haitian drug lords to me. The other guy's like, no, they are. Let's go. We're going to go rob these guys. Well, if you go and hold up the car and pull all these people out of the car and yank all the bags out of the car. And one of the bags is full of cash that's supposed to go to the plastic surgery mm -hmm. doctor. He's going to say, see, I told you they were Haitians here to buy some shit. We got them. You know, it's like it confirmed the rumor, even if the rumor was false to begin with, because they had the cash for the surgery. So random people on the Internet, don't be 100 percent sure. You don't know what the you're talking about you are sitting in front of your phone on tiktok and we don't need your opinions thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> very well said like you can't be a hundred percent sure really of anything in a case like this you weren't there and look we admitted yes there are red flags there are weird things inconsistencies so are these like things that are uh, out of the ordinary in the Tammy Tuck story? Yes, there are. Do the four people have previous drug charges? Yes, they do. But we also know that police targets black people. The system is made to set them up for failure too and to feed them to the prison industrial complex, which is like a modern iteration of Jim Crow. Could the four friends have gone to Matamoros to buy drugs? It's possible, but it's entirely possible that the tummy tuck was the real reason also, because that's where the evidence points, and that's where I'm leaning. As crazy as it might seem, some people make bad decisions, man, like going to get plastic surgery in a dangerous area and not even having all the money they need to pay for the surgery. People make bad decisions. Were these friends the most organized people? Obviously, no. The other friend didn't even have their ID, right? So she had to stay behind. They don't strike me like... Uh, drug lords. So despite the fact that I understand why people like to give verdicts, it also pisses me off. I wonder if random people on TikTok appreciate how far Matamoros is from North Carolina. It's like, to put this in context, like for our listeners in Europe, this is like driving from, uh, I don't know, we're going to drive from Sweden to the southern tip of Italy. I mean, it is far just going across texas um is a what 12 hour drive texas is bigger slightly than france all of it so you know if you're going to drive from north carolina to texas the south tip of texas the far south tip of texas you are talking about a road trip of three or four days and i mean i don't know a whole lot of drug dealers but I do know that people who are in the business of selling things for cash are probably good with simple math. And one of them is going to say, wait a minute, how much is my time worth? I'm going to spend like four days driving to the far southern tip of Texas with a little bit of money to buy drugs and then have to turn around and drive all the way back to North Carolina. That's stupid. We should stay home. You know, it's like, eh, it's just that doesn't make sense either. So. You know, people who want to move large quantities of drugs, you know, they tend to be a little more organized and a little better, uh, like, road trip planners than that. So, yeah, do we need a yoga moment? I mean... Yes, we do, because we got really heated here, because, you know, like, as we said, we went through all the scenarios just to kind of, like, make certain points along the way, right? But at the end, if you go online, even some media has headlines like, oh, the four Americans uh, kidnapped in Mexico had lengthy rap sheets. 
If you put such a headline, the implication is like, oh, they were there to buy drugs and they deserved it, right? So like, I, I feel like, can we just take a moment and first look at every option, go through it, and then, you know, reach a logical, decent conclusion. So yes, um, I do need a moment. Come on, you be friends. Let's get Zen together. Breathe in. Breathe out. Breathe in. Breathe out. Perfect. <laughs> So, what's your dubimeter for this story from 1 to 10? 250. <laughs> Just because it's such a complex story, we have the tummy tuck, we have the golf cartel, the murders, the kidnapping caught on camera, the fast pace at which it all went down, you know, the shed. Oh my god, imagine being locked in a shed for two days with your dead friends. I mean, ah, we have the apology letter from the scorpions. It's a crazy story, so my dubimeter level is 250. Well, I think that's all we got for you guys this week. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave us a review. Sandra loves the reviews. Yes, I do. I do. <laughs> and we are also open to episode ideas from you to be friends. So if you leave a review, you can suggest a subject you'd like us to talk about also. And the stars, preferably five, don't forget. <laughs> that will help other people to find our podcast as well. And please recommend us to your friends and family. A personal recommendation is the best recommendation. If you're a social butterfly, we are at Dubious Pod on all social media platforms. Thanks for listening, everybody. And see you all next week. Love you to be friends. <laughs>